Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome everyone to the Umarpreneur Live podcast. And today I have with me Sister Fahima Muhammad. Fahima, assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi Welcome to the podcast. Alaikum salam. Thank you very much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. It's an honor to have you. And just to let guests know a little bit more about you before we dive into our discussion today. My guest today, Sister Fahima, she's a qualified life coach. She's an NLP practitioner and she uses her NLP techniques to open, widen, and change mindsets to create new habits in order to live a more fulfilled and happier life. And she's appeared, mashallah, on several TV channels. She hosts a weekly show for Single Muslim Live on British Muslim TV. She's a relationship coach. And, you know, there's actually a giant list here that I can go through. Mindset coach, relationship coach, empowerment coach. And there's a lot that you do, mashallah. So we're going to dive into a little bit more uh, in regards to those topics. But I want to know if we kind of rewind a little bit, Fahima, because, you know, you're doing a lot today. But what is it that inspired you to even get started on this journey of entrepreneurship versus, you know, going into a career or, you know, a regular nine to five? Um, I guess it starts with my family because my dad always has businesses. Um, not all of them were successful. And actually, I learned through that. And I used to help out from a very young age with the marketing, with standing around and, you know, helping him even design as well as listening to him speak about the setup. And even when I was young as like 14, 15 in GCSE, which is um, sort of like in secondary school here, I remember doing my GCSE in business studies, which was one of the very few schools that actually had that as a subject. And I was really excited because for me, ideas came really quickly and easily because, you know, we always spoke about it as a family. Mm. And I was one of the first groups that we actually um, decided on a product which actually went out to, you know, to sell um in the actual uh, business world and, you know, in one of the shops actually bought our products. And even at that young age, I realized that I was the one that always came up with the ideas. Mm. So I guess I was kind of brought up around it in the household and it was just natural. Wow. So, so you, you almost felt like an affinity towards it in the beginning. And, and how, how did that manifest for you? Like, did you always feel like you were, did you feel like you were, you were different or like there was something different about you growing up? Like, you know, oh, definitely. did you notice a pattern somewhere like you were always trying to create things or build things or I mean, tell me about that a little bit more? Well, because I travel so much uh, from the age of nine months right up till the age of um, probably 11, I didn't really stop traveling with my family mm. and went everywhere until we settled in the UK. Mm. And um, and from that point, um, to be honest, um, I've always just listened to other people and watched other people. And it's not like as if I actually felt I wanted to do business. I had the information and the structure and I knew what to do. But watching my dad struggle and also a lot of failures because of, you know, the decisions he's made, which I've taken upon myself. And I'm like, I'm never going to get into business. I want to do another part. I want to have another career. And I certainly don't want to do like the in his generation where, you know, you open up things and the overheads are there and you're dealing with people and all of that kind of stuff. So I was mm. completely opposite. But then I realized later on that everything does include business and it doesn't matter. And obviously nowadays, as we'll go into a lot of, you know, in the sort of in the discussion that um, even though you take on a career path, um, you actually do have to have that business mind in order for it to work. Mm -hmm. So that's where that kind of came in. A lot of people don't look at me as an entrepreneur, but actually all that I do, you know, the marketing, the editing and, you know, the finance, the teamwork and also the delegation and even me having to juggle so much and realizing that I cannot put all my eggs in one basket when it comes to business. It all comes from that. 
So even though I'm not providing a product, I am providing a service. So that's the difference, I guess. And I didn't have that kind of terminology earlier on, thinking mm. that it had to be something tangible. But obviously, the business world has changed, and it's not like that anymore. 100%. And, you know, it's interesting because one of the things that we really focus on as well is the more service-based business versus product. What has been your experience building a business as a coach, right? Because you're essentially kind of building up a personal brand right now. And it's almost like an online career per se, but not really where you're building this online personal brand. You're you know, establishing yourself as an expert and it's a journey, right? To kind of go through that. What has that been like for you? And, and you know, did you always have that intention at first where you could see yourself at a certain point and you could see that you had all these qualifications and you're doing all of those things or did it just kind of, you know, did these things materialize for you along the way, if that makes sense? It just kind of materialized. When I first even mm. started coaching, to be fair, when I done the course, I just heard somebody on TV speak about being a life coach. And I was like, what is that? It sounded interesting because I was looking for something to do six years ago. And when I did some research and I read about it and I found a few companies that would train me, I went on their training courses and then I, I really fell in love with one that actually was suitable for me. And I got trained in that way. And then I didn't, I did the core qualification and then I expanded on other areas where it was like not just the pure life coaching, but it was existential coaching, mm -hmm. mindfulness, uh, positive psychology, even coaching in business and companies, which I actually had an opportunity to do, mm -hmm. as well as relationship and couples coaching. Then I did NLP, CBT, and become, you know, a mental health and wellness practitioner. And now I'm doing my master's in psychology and neuroscience in mental health so yeah it's it's a real journey and I've never saw myself doing this when I first started coaching I thought I'll just coach a few people maybe start up a small company business and maybe you know not just coach individuals but I really wanted to get into companies more um, but yeah life just happened <laughs> for sure and I want to ask you because I, I really for me for example when I was kind of going through my childhood and through college I could think of moments where I was always trying to put together something. So for example, if I was with my friends and we were, it was the rise of YouTube, it was the first early days we're like, Oh, let's create a YouTube channel. Let's see what we can do there. Or, you know, if there was something that interested me, even sometimes I, I play the piano and I'm like, Oh, what can I do with this? Can I go into, can I get a musical career? Obviously I'm not doing that anymore, but uh, I was always interested in taking something that I liked or I enjoyed and seeing what I could build out of it. And do you feel like you kind of felt that way too? Or was there something that you could trace or moments that you could think about that when you look now, you're like, oh, that makes sense why I naturally gravitated towards entrepreneurship? Oh, absolutely. While you were speaking, you just kind of uh, made me remember something. And I always think about this. When I was at university, did my business management degree. Mm. I love the one aspect because um, I'm not into finance or anything like that or the economics, but I had to do it obviously to learn. But it was more about the motivational side of it and learning about the theories. And for me, I wanted to influence when I watched those motivational speakers that actually wanted to transform companies, not just for mm. their product, but for the people and make a difference. And I, I knew for me, I'd always want to do that and I actually wrote a list of things I wanted to do and I actually found it because I moved at the beginning of this year I found that book imagine like years ago and I looked at the list and I've actually accomplished half of it I didn't even realize that manifestation or visualization was one of it but to make a difference to transform people to actually help them through their journey and this is what it's all about and I guess I am naturally a people's person when it comes to it if, if there was any sort of public speaking generally even in 
my course because a lot of it was actually sitting up uh, standing up and speaking you know and talking and giving a presentation if someone was nervous I'm like give me your work I'll, I'll say it for you. <laughs> so, and that's why I guess also the other side of me is also, you know, doing work in the media. I've not had a journalist degree or TV presenting kind of course. It just took so naturally when I first was after two years of studying and then someone suggested that I should talk about life coaching and a journey and overcoming challenges. And then from there, I never stopped for the last four years. And I've been on seven, eight, you know, different channels and creating my own content, working with so many different people, even going on to mainstream as a Muslim in the West on the BBC to speak on certain issues. And that for me, you know, I never ever seen coming. So that's really uh, what I believe is that, you know, you have to have a passion and a hunger and you've got to notice the little things like you said, and it does create itself if you keep, mm -hmm. you know, working at it, but it's not obvious all the time at the very beginning. It wasn't yeah. obvious to me. Wow. But you, it seems like you, you, from, from a, from an early age, you kind of had that, fire in you and that passion in you to go and put yourself out there and, and challenge yourself in those ways. And this actually brings me to my uh, next question, which is, you know, mashallah, right now you're in a position where you are featuring on several TV channels. You are essentially the, the spokesperson and relationship coach for singlemuslim.com. And so you have all of these roles that are very much front facing. And mm -hmm. a lot of people that I speak to, a lot of entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs that I speak to, they're like, I really want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be a coach. I want to do this but I'm shy. I'm, not, I'm afraid to put myself out there. So maybe we can help those people a little bit through our episode today. I want to know for you, what has been the secret to developing that fearless mindset where you can put yourself out there to go after your goals? That is a very good question. And I do get a lot of clients that come to me, even my guest speakers that want to speak and they do have that kind of issue. It's very mm -hmm. common. It's one of the most feared phobias is actually public speaking, really. Right. Um, and I know I put people, you know, on the spot by asking them to come on my show, which is live on TV as well. Um, so I actually coach them through it sometimes. And I have other clients that I go through. And yes, there is a process. But the main thing mm -hmm. I can sort of ask for people that have that issue right now is to not make it about them. And it's just like anything in life if you want to send a message and give something out there just practice 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 and you know when you can actually um get yourself worrying more about the content what you're going to deliver and what is the outcome of that is more to do with that sort of uh, aspect of things than you being showing up in a particular way mm. that you can actually do anyways um but the thing is for me that's what creates that hunger and drive and motivation to keep going because you want to give a message that's why there has to be meaning and purpose which is really deep for you to do something like this then you can overcome it that for me there's a con constant hunger and there's a drive and you've got to create the urgency so that not to say that there's never going to be fear. There's always going to be those extreme emotions, even the ones you don't like. But what's going to push you forward is to actually have that meaning behind it, which is stronger. So that even though you know that that water is deep, you're like, you know what? I practice this. I know this. I can do it. And I really need to do this. And I'm going to jump right in and I'm going to be OK. And you've got people to support you. You've got, you know, um, obviously your own sort of like, you know, work that you've done around it as well. But yeah, it's the drive, it's the hunger, it's the meaning and you wanting something not for yourself, but what you can give to somebody else. So then you don't you don't hold yourself back. You can't hold yourself back. That means you're holding somebody else. 
and you're you're refraining from them um, getting that information, which is so vital. Everything that I learn, everything that I do, I'm only doing it because I've got a meaning as to I want to change this. I want to make a difference. So that's what it's about. It's not about me at all. Yeah. I really love that. It's a, it's a it's actually a dramatic mindset shift when you think about it, because you're approaching it from a different angle. You're removing that pressure from yourself because you're essentially removing yourself from the equation by you know, approaching it from that, from that perspective of this is not about me. This is about who I want to serve and the outcome that I want to get from this interaction or from this activity that I'm about to do. And I really, really love that, mashallah. And you've dropped some gems there, even a few more that I that I didn't highlight. But <laughs> if you guys want to repeat that section, go ahead and rewind and listen to it again. Trust me, there's some gold in there. Um, I want to ask you for you, in your experience, what type of person uh, makes a good coach? Someone listening to this, they're like, I'm thinking of coaching, not sure if it's for me or, or not. You know, is there certain traits that you've found help make a good coach? Um, I find that question very interesting. Before mm. I tackle that, I want to go into um, there's a lot of people out there that do um, lay the, label themselves as a coach. And we need okay. to be very clear that mm. unfortunately, some people do find that when you come across as a coach, it is a fraud or it actually makes the industry a lot less uh, valuable than what it is because um, a lot of us now, I mean, I know more so in the US and the, you know, and in Canada and places like that, it's like every other person is a life coach. But um, I have been accredited and I have been trained by someone, you know, uh, a company that has got the accreditation internationally and, you know, nationally. So, you know, it's a rigorous program that you go through and you have to mm -hmm. qualify and you have to meet certain um, sort of needs and requirements. So mm -hmm. when you are a qualified life coach, the kind of people that go into that and come out of it qualified and can then name themselves in that professional way because they've been trained by professionals, then that's a whole new story. So let's just mm. do that first because a lot of people can sidetrack and say, oh, you're a life coach. Everyone's a life coach nowadays, right? Mm. But no, if you are you know, wanting to serve at the highest level, I understand experience is you know, vital. But the way in which I know when clients come to me with certain issues, if, if I didn't have that psychological um, understanding and that behavioral sort of background, as well as the strategies and the techniques, which are all psychological and had to go through the process myself, then yes, um, I feel that it is very limiting. Just like with mm -hmm. you or me or anyone that wants to see a professional, you want to have the best and you want to make sure that they have the credentials behind it. Correct. So that's really important because we need to differentiate. There are life coaches out there that have just come because they've had a career. They've seen there's a, you know, a gap in the market that people are struggling with. They've overcome it, so they want to fulfill that which is mm. fair enough. But then you've got to take yourself out of that situation where, again, it's not about you that going through something and you're going to give advice because coaching is not advice. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got a compound uh, questioning, you've got open-end questioning, you've got closed, you've got, you know, directive, non-directive. That alone is a lesson in itself, okay? Mm -hmm. Just to know how to question somebody and not put yourself where you're enabling them or even getting carried away with their story. It's a mm -hmm. training that you yourself have to be psychologically geared up for. So mm -hmm. I trade alongside um, barristers, consultants, lawyers who've been in the career for so long, even psychologists that felt you even had a guest. I remember bumping into, you know, watching some of your shows who was a psychotherapist who yes. now coaches. Right. Because mm -hmm. there are some real good strategies and techniques in there so that we can take it forward. Mm -hmm. So what makes a good coach is you wanting to obviously add to your way of 
whatever, if it's in your business, it can help you have better relationship, better communication, better ways of dealing. Um, I've done business coaching. I've done one-to-one -one coaching uh, with many areas, as you know. So I think it's it's more about you, again, wanting to serve and constant learning because the better you are and you grow and you do need to train, you do need to do this. I know in entrepreneurship and business, people say, well, you can just, you know, not do that. But if you talk to people yeah. that are really successful, they've either done a course, they've done something of studies in order to get them to that level. It's really important that you do have those credentials. And mm -hmm. if you actually are able to fulfill those credentials, then your clients will also be able to do it because you've been through the process yourself. Don't sell something that you won't buy yourself. Mm -hmm. It's really important. Mm -hmm. So I bought into it. I'm selling it and I'm still working through it. So how am I going to coach somebody and say, yeah, you do this, that, the other when I haven't gone through the process myself? Mm -hmm. You really have to be that kind of person where you are authentic and you are congruent with whatever it is that you're selling and especially being a coach. Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay. So there's a few comments I want to make on that, but mashallah, some gold drops right there. Like, thank you so much for sharing this. I was like mic drop right there. That was, that was beautiful. So there's a few points that I wanted to, I wanted to, to make in, in regards to what you said. So number one about, um, you know, being a coach and essentially building up your credentials and your qualifications. So a lot of, we, we have a business, business mentorship program at entrepreneur. We focus specifically on helping Muslim entrepreneurs build and grow their businesses. And we focus on service-based businesses. So we work mostly with coaches and with consultants and with service providers. So like digital marketers and graphic designers, et cetera, et cetera. And one common question that we actually get on calls when people are interested in joining, they're like, okay, listen, I'm starting completely from scratch. Um, you know, so I have an idea of what it is that I want to do. Will you teach me the business side, but also teach me how to do my job of being mm -hmm. a coach in this, this and that. And I'll tell them very clearly, no, we don't. So we are a business mentorship program, which means we can take a skill that you have or, or, you know, a certain qualification or maybe, you know, a certain area that you specialize in and help you build a business out of it online. Now, however, what people are looking for essentially when they ask that question is, is this program going to be the first and only thing that I ever have to invest in to be able to build a successful business online? That's really what, what I can chalk this question down to, right? Can you, can you teach me how to be a coach, how to serve my clients, how to build my business and everything in between? And I always tell them, look, if you're really serious about entrepreneurship, this is going to help you from scratch. It's going to give you all the basics and it's going to really help you set up yourself in a way where all the business side of things is taken care of. However, as an entrepreneur, if you want to be better at serving your clients in a certain field, you have to understand that this won't be the first nor the last program or course that you invest in because you always want to invest in yourself to improve your skills and qualifications and improve your ability to serve your clients. Correct. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think you provide the tools, but they already have to have that in place where they know what they're doing and where they're going to go with it. And they obviously mm -hmm. need the assistance. For example, what is the latest technology? What is the marketing strategy out there? Correct. You know, what is your actual um, audience and how do I you know, serve in that way? Because you don't have time to actually exactly. analyze all of that. 
The thing is, you need to have that business mindset to know where you're going to direct all of this. Exactly. But to actually teach the course, like that was also part of my, my course, mm -hmm. is to learn the business side of coaching. Because yeah. a lot of coaches even come to me and I help them through their clients because I always get the really tough ones. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, at the end of the day, and I'm boot camp coach as well, so I warn them from the beginning. But at the same mm -hmm. time, you got to have that business mind. A lot of them are like, well, I feel a bit, you know, shy to ask, you know, for the money that I'm giving. Well, I'm, I'm saying I'm sorry. It's not about that is because you don't obviously value what you're doing so that's why you find it very difficult to ask for a certain amount or even you know i understand at the beginning you might you know not see yourself as being qualified enough but then you work yourself up to it but you know at the end of the day i feel that there is a lack of people that are going into courses thinking that that is it without the business behind it because again all of it does entail the business yeah. people don't realize that everything i do is because i am sharp-minded when it comes to business i do i i know how to deal with certain things i know what's involved and i can really make a difference to enhance what i'm doing because of the business side is something that i have you know trained myself and i've actually grown up with it too. And there's certain things that you would do and wouldn't do. And even though you're talented in a particular field, if you don't know how to sell it, market it, or work out, you know, a certain way of doing it in the business world, or mm. constantly upgrade or find people to work with that's going to help you in that area, you will fail. And you, yeah. it will actually um, make you up and leave or feel that, you know, everything's a struggle when it isn't really. It's just because yeah. you don't have that way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And you have as well, one thing that stands out with you, Fahima, in our discussions, and we've talked, you know, we've had conversations before this episode, we've connected before, and one thing that always comes up in our conversations, and that is in the same vein in terms of what we're discussing here, is you are always seeking to learn and challenge yourself in new ways that help you grow. And knowing that when you do this, you're able to serve your clients at a higher level and you're able to grow your business more efficiently. And, and this really ties into everything where if you're going to be an entrepreneur, learning doesn't really ever end. You're always going to have to be learning. You're always going to have to be challenging yourself and growing in different ways. And I want to know for you right now, can you, let me ask you this, right? What is it that you're currently working on learning right now or on mastering at the moment? I'm curious. My master's, obviously. <laughs> okay. And what is that? What are you studying? Uh, I'm doing psychology and neuroscience of mental health so even as a coach when you're trying to help an individual and you can give these kind of strategies for me I was curious myself for example mm. if there was a client um, I've dealt with really severe issues as well uh, when it comes to trauma and suicide mm. depression and things like that so for example let me see if there was someone with ADHD or and uh, whether it's a child or an adult and I was like, okay, you could do this, the other, you can even take some sort of medication. But now with what I'm doing, I can understand what is actually happening in your brain and what are the actual functions that are dehabilitating and what are the functions that can actually still, you know, move you forward. Because a lot of us, we look at something like that and we'll just be stuck and we'll stay in that label and that box. But by me having that extra information about the studies, about the real neuroscience behind it, then I can help that client work in other areas that's going to still keep them moving. 
And I couldn't do that as a coach alone because, again, it is, yes, your thoughts are creating a certain way of living and being your perceptions and things like that. But, again, it's all a chemical. It's all science and biology behind it. So I wanted to know the science and the biology so that I could serve my clients and say, even when people say, um, you know, we need to juggle. And I remember you putting a post out about a year ago saying, you know, I can't do that. I do one thing at a time. I'm like, well, actually, the way you're doing it is the way to move forward because your nervous system is actually being damaged every time that you're juggling more than you need. And that's why in this today's society, when we have the social media and emails coming every few seconds, you're actually damaging your brain by actually refocusing constantly when yeah. it, you should really, you know, be present and take your time and do one thing at a time instead of switching. So you should mm -hmm. see things like that. And when children say they're really bored and the parents are like really stressed out as to what they need to do, I'm like, you know what boredom does for the brain? It creates creativity and innovativeness. So, you know, allow your child to be bored because then they will actually find ways of you know looking for things to do instead of you're constantly trying to feed them stuff and information and mm -hmm. activities which is actually making them less able to be creative and find things to do mm -hmm. on their own without the intervention so that's what i'm trying to say these are just few examples that i feel is really powerful when you've got that in, you know knowledge behind you and then the, i share this information and this awareness giving these insights to my clients and they're like they can't argue with that it's in the science it's in the biology it's in the studies and this is what i want to do but this this course is really tough it's more like me being a brain surgeon to be honest with the study so far but alhamdulillah you know inshallah just pray for me i continue so inshallah. i can serve you guys all <laughs> definitely you success and ease through that inshallah and you know thank you for just coming on here and sharing all these gems because there's so much to be learned from everything that you're sharing here and i want to give a few tips for the people that are listening here okay because again you're someone that is very much a go-getter i want the people listening to this who are interested in entrepreneurship, the Muslims who listen to this podcast, to have a few actionable tips that they can take home to help develop their fearless mindset when it comes to tackling their business. So can we give them a few tips, a bit of advice, maybe habits they can implement to help develop that mindset for them? Well, again, um, I'll take a few of my NLP sort of training and mm -hmm. NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic programming neuro meaning understanding the way we think uh, linguistics the language we use programming mm -hmm. is the habits that we perform and use over time obviously we can go into subconscious minds you know conscious mind but the thing is when it comes to uh there's a section in nlp which is called presupposition meaning that there are assumptions that we have in life so for example if you look at life as feedback is failure, uh, sorry, failure is, you know, sort of like, you know, you letting yourself down and you actually never been getting up again. That's an issue. But if you look at failure as feedback, then again, that gives you the power to actually not have the fear of failure. Okay, so failure is feedback. And knowing that whatever resources you need is already existing around you, it's already there. So there's a list of presuppositions in NLP that helps you navigate the way in which you would work because you have this kind of way of thinking. And there's a list. And I think that's what it is because a lot of us, we just have a what if negative scenario that constantly comes up. And if you've got something to counter it by something like this, that if someone, something doesn't work you'd be like well it just gave me some sort of feedback just like you know the guy that invented the light bulb you know thomas mm -hmm. edison and he said you know i've obviously you know applied this kind of technique a thousand times um so you know at the end of the day it's important to realize i did not 
fail. I just found 999 ways of not knowing how to do it. Mm -hmm. Again, it's the way in which you think, okay, that will take away that fear that will continuously help you drive it. It's, it's the meaning behind it. It's the drive. It's the belief of what you're doing has some sort of purpose um, and that is going to serve somebody. And then that fear becomes a lot less, again, taking it away from yourself and then having these presuppositions that understand certain distinctions, because in life, we look at certain things, which is such limiting beliefs. And I don't mean religious beliefs. I'm talking about these cliches that we hold around with us and people speak and I listen to language. Um, read the book called Clean Language because we speak in metaphors and these all mean something and we create the meaning. When I start off a lesson and I'm like, life is meaningless. What is that, you know, what does that come for you? And everyone's like, what do you mean life's meaningless? And I mean, you know, it doesn't mean that there's nothing there. It means that you create that meaning. So you can create failure into something which is going to help you continue and you can create fear as in something that yes it's there but is it really going to make me be stuck and still and hold me back and move 10 steps back or is it going to be actually that the fear is there that but that just means I need to do this because it's something I can't stop thinking about so again it's a way in which you perceive things and make meaning we are mean, meaning-making sort of individuals, right? We, we make meaning about certain things. And those meanings can either hold us back or it can serve us. Definitely. I love that, mashallah. So I love that you actually gave a way to approach it, um, again, based on perspective and based on how we interpret, you know, the events in our lives and, and how we go about these, these, these challenges that we're going to face as entrepreneurs. And... I want to ask you one more question here before we dive uh, into some audience Q&A. But what is the process that you go through with your clients to help them tap into their own potential? When they come, they tell you, Fahima, I feel like I'm not really go I'm not really at my best right now. I'm not really, I don't feel like I'm achieving what I can achieve in my life. What is the process? Or can you walk us through maybe some of the steps that you're going to take them? We don't need all the details, maybe just the big picture. No, absolutely. That's that's a good question as well. It's yeah. really important. Um, before I even go into what they're feeling and uh, sort of like take it to the next step, the first thing is analyzing that question that they're coming to me with. When someone says, I don't feel things are going great. Again, I'll be like, what exactly is not going great? And what is going great? Because a lot of times we will, as if you understand this, you know, the perception map and how we filter things and how as humans, we just generalize, distort, and delete information all the time. And when we're speaking and it's in our head, one event can make a whole life of, you know, norms of, you know, being negative when actually it's just one event. So I will break it down and question the question you're coming to me with. And if they find it very difficult to do, then I've got these strategies, like I've got the wheel of life. Let's list the priorities in your life, whether it's finance, health, recreation, spirituality, you know, uh, travel. Let's put it into a pizza chart and let's just give it a, a, a number as to where you think you're at. So a lot of the times people say, well, you know what, I'm a number two out of 10. You know, I want to be a number 10 with my relationships or whatever it is, but I'm a number two. What is that doing? And the other one's like, well, my health is actually a five. It's not that bad, you know, but I can do better. But then again, if you're just going to come up with one sentence, then everything looks bad. 
But when you mm -hmm. write it down, take it out of your head, you learn from the strategies. I use strategies and tools a lot in my coaching so that, you know, they are actually understanding what they're saying. They're looking at it. They're not just thinking it. They're looking at what they're saying. And again, that takes away already the session is becoming a lot less lighter because whatever they've started off speaking is not really the truth. Mm. It's not everything. And if there are certain areas which are really lacking, then we can also identify that. So it is a strategy. It is a process. Um, people, again, will speak, uh, you know, in ways which will just generalize information. One thing that happened for the day has made their entire life being bad, <laughs> you know. And I just want to say that, you know what, um, just having knowing that someone like a coach is there to just, you know, help you through it, support it, be like that reflection. I remember one uh, cameraman was filming me once and saying, I don't need a life coach. You know, I've got everything sorted. I'm like, that's amazing. But then why do you look in the mirror every morning? well because I want to get reassured that you know what I'm seeing because you know yourself really well right why do you look in the mirror I'm like that reflection I'm going to show you things that you may not really see I'm those review mirrors I'm you know I'm whatever it may be that you can't see or even sometimes the blind spots that you can't even notice okay so this is what a coach does it opens up that perspective it builds that potential it gives you that motivation the self-esteem and the confidence so i believe in people that's what it starts from i know their potential i know exactly what they're capable of not just in a spiritual level but also in the scientific level knowing the ability of the brain your mind and how much that you are able and capable of just like how when they say, you know, as we age, we have less ability and capabilities. That may be if you're not training your mind. We are computers and we can reboot. And if you listen and learn about neuroplasticity, we are constantly can wire and rewire. And, you know, we're just not using it. That's why it's like any muscle the brain needs to be used. And the more it is at an older age, then we can definitely learn new things and we can be on top you know, on top of our game at any age, at any stage. That's what's important. I love that, mashallah. And uh, one thing that, you know, that resonates, sorry, I just like had to cough for a second there. <laughs> uh, but one thing that resonates is through what you're saying is really the fact that when I'm hearing all this, what you're trying to do is essentially take people who not necessarily have, you know, a certain traumatic experience going on in their lives or don't, you know, their life isn't breaking down or they don't feel like, you know, they're in a terrible place. But even then, if they feel like they're okay, as you mentioned, there are possibly and very well, most likely blind spots of maybe things that they're missing or opportunities that they're not taking advantage of because they feel like, oh, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, in, I'm at a certain place and everything's taken care of. Right. So, so not only is it life coaching is from what I've learned from what you said here is that not only is life coaching for people who might be struggling, but it's also for people who are doing okay and want to take it to the next level. Right. That is exactly that. Actually, you don't need fixing to come to a life coach. You, there are distinctions and there is an overlap and a gray area between counseling and life coaching and counseling always looks to the past a majority of the time, whereas coaching is more present and forward thinking. And we can bring aspects of your past in there. I have worked with clients who have finished counseling and now they need coaching to continue in their journey or alongside the fact that they're seeing a psychotherapist or if they even found that counseling wasn't actually 
actually working for them. These are my clients. So they come from different backgrounds. They come from different aspects of life. And the ones that are just, you know, when you just feel like, like you said, you know, you're just in a road and you just don't know which way to turn. And you've got all these forks and you don't know which way to to go to, then you can come and assess it. And I have clients that I've built over years that will come to me and, um, you know, one point in their life, it's it's a business issue. And we you know we'll do some coaching for a few weeks. They come, they go away for a couple of months, come back again. Oh, it's a relationship itch issue. And it's like a continuous journey that they can come and rely because it's safe. You know, it's not non-judgmental, non-biased. It is private, confidential. And no one's looking at you in a particular way. And I don't just coach people that are from my community or, you know, uh, faith or anything. It's outside my faith as well. I think that as Muslims, as much as we want to support each other, we also need to represent outside. It's important, especially us living in you know, in countries that where we are, that we show ourselves to be in a particular way. And that's what I do, even though it's difficult as a woman, you know, especially even if you're like single and you, you know, you come from a background which is minority based, they think that you can just, you know, flick your eyelashes and that's how you get through on TV. It doesn't work like that. I wish people yeah. knew how much work it takes to be talking live, organizing yeah. it. I co-produce the shows and also helping clients privately, which is, you know, what is the greatest fulfillment, fulfillment for me? Mm -hmm. 100%. It's really, really not. And to put yourself in, out in that way. And I think people recognize that because when, even when people reach out to me and we talk about, okay, here's like some different marketing strategies that we can use to grow your business. And, uh, you know, of course, social media is always part of that conversation because it's one of the most essential tools. A lot of people then say, oh, I'm not comfortable with like, you know, going on a live or, you know, putting myself out there, you know, just on a, on a Facebook live. So imagine on TV. So it's the stress levels are way up there. Trust me, guys. It's just not an easy feat. And as you mentioned, it's also really not easy to get into it and get those opportunities, mashallah. So kudos to you for, for being able to do that. I want to ask you a question that I ask every single guest on this podcast. And I'm curious to know your answer. The question is the following. If you could meet Fahima from X number of years ago when you were really just about to get started on this journey of entrepreneurship. So you didn't dive in yet. You were just about to get started. You were thinking about it. You were just thinking, maybe taking your first few steps. And you could tell her one thing that she could hold on to, kind of like a mantra or something that she could keep in mind as she went through this journey of entrepreneurship that you've embarked on and that you're on through, you're on right now. What would that one thing be for you? Something that she could hold on to throughout her journey of entrepreneurship. I think is um, that belief and faith. Honestly, for me, that's everything. Um, it doesn't matter what you believe in and what you hold as, you know, something spiritual. But for me, that's my drive. That's my actual um, real um, power. And that is my protection. And coming obviously on this platform and, you know, speaking as, you know, to fellow Muslims, I feel that, you know, these are the kind of times where you need to really have faith. When we talk about tawakkul, when we talk about trust, at the end of the day, you need to live it and be it. And you need to trust your creator and the trust, the path that you're on and whatever's meant for you is not going to miss you. And you need to have more faith. It builds your confidence, your self-esteem. People talk about all these theories. And yes, I work with these theories. But at the same time, when I'm talking to clients from my faith, I always add that aspect to it. We have got that extra sense of understanding and knowing. And for me, 
I am nothing and no one without it. That's how I look at it. So for me, that is something I would say, hold on to no matter how tough things are. And we've all been through tough times, especially going through the pandemic. And you know then that actually what really matters, who really matters and how people have struggled, but because of the certain mindset and the beliefs that they have, then that can really see you through any time of challenge and you can definitely overcome it. 100%. Mm-hmm. Inshallah, definitely hold on to your faith. Hold on to the, the what we call is like the rope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a metaphor for that. Um, and it's really important. I think that is a beautiful, beautiful you know, piece of advice for entrepreneurs that are listening to this. And we got a few questions from the audience as well that I'd love to share with you. Is that okay? Are we ready to do this? Oh, yeah. I love that. I love <laughs> All right. Awesome. 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 So we got two or three here um, that we'll go through. I like to kind of take the two or three best ones that I that I that I feel are the most interesting. So one of them is uh, from Sister Apni on YouTube. So she's asking how to deal with the regret and guilt of not being able to perform up to our potential. So that's an interesting question here. I'd love to hear your opinion. Again, I would question, you know, what is your meaning of regret in life? You know, we shouldn't have regret. We might uh, do things in that moment in time, which we are Uh, having that mindset which is allowing us to perform in that way it's about learning from the past which doesn't have you have guilt or regret people always say well you know that famous question if you went back what would you do different I'm like Mm. I'm not going back I'm never going back yes if I had the same scenario repeat itself in the present moment or the future I have now learned better ways of dealing with it right? So that's what it is. I don't live in the past. I don't think about that. I just think, okay, I did it there. Then I was in that mindset. It didn't serve me. Not a big deal. If it came again, I know how to do it better. So there is no regret in my life that I actually have, even if it was a stupid mistake, even if it was a crazy decision, that's what helps us grow and develop. Again, you've got to change your perception and the meaning around these kind of things. And that's when people come up with these kind of statements, which I can help you overcome by taking away that baggage and that weight off your shoulder that you're carrying unnecessarily and mm-hmm. say, you know what, I did it then in that way. And you know what, this is what's brought me to where I am. There is no guilt. There is no baggage. There is no anything. And if you've done certain things, just like in our religion, you repent. You have to forgive yourself and you have to move on. And you've got to learn better ways of dealing with things. That is it. Simple. Beautifully said, sis. Thank you so much. There's a question here about choosing a life coach. So I think it's a good segue. While choosing a life coach for ourselves, is it important to have chemistry with the coach? Oh, 100%. I don't think in my case that, you know, people just choose me, choose me, I choose my uh, my clients as well. Mm. So at the same time, there has to be that rapport, there has to be that, um, that initial sort of like um, energy. And I, I, I am very intuitive. So I know that what I put out, I get back, you know, and even if it wasn't something that it was great experience again you know I don't find it as a regret I'm like look I had this tough client I wasn't looking forward to it but you know what it's taught me something and that's how you got to look at it so when you you know face with anyone whether it's a friendship or a business relationship whether it's a coach or any other person that you want to do business with you have got to vibe with them 
You have got to feel something. Just like when I walk into any room, I trust my energy and I trust the energy around me. So people have got to feel it. And if they don't feel it, absolutely fine. And people have come to me and they're like, I'm looking for somebody else who can help me. So maybe they just want to use me to get to the network. And I'm like, absolutely fine. What are you looking for? I've got lots of you know, contacts, networks. Let me know what you want and I'm there to help you. And there shouldn't be any offense in that at all. Um, so yes, we do need to vibe with, you know, the mm -hmm. energy that suits us best, because that's when you want to continue learning and you want to be, um, in that space with them and you want to turn to them. So it's, mm -hmm. it is really important. Absolutely. Definitely. We got one more here that we'll take inshallah. And this one is the following, how to develop resilience after feeling as our confidence hits the ground. Now we talked about this. We talked about the mindset approaching failure in the episode. Maybe we can, you know, just touch upon that real quick for our viewer here, inshallah. I guess it's developing that urgency and hunger again um, mm. uh, to sort of like feel resilience. If you have a meaning, again, that is um, something that really you want to do, then you will work towards it. I can't wait to open up my laptop and learn, even though it's so difficult, because I'm just hungry for that information, knowing it's going to lead somewhere. Yeah. And um, people have got to find that passion. And sometimes you also, without passion, you've got to do things that are uncomfortable because you know the end result is going to give you something. It takes 10 years to become an overnight success, right? You've heard that statement before. So you've got to make sure that you do the work. And it's hard. It's rigorous. The resilience is the fact that, I mean, I grew up when I was really younger doing martial arts. So I've got a warrior mindset anyway. I don't have the physicality anymore of the strength, but I've definitely got a warrior mindset. So you can break me down. You can try to break me down. You might shake me a little bit, but I'm still going to get up because I've got a mission and I'm there to do it. And until I, you know, cannot physically, mentally or any way, then that is only up to my creator, not anything or anyone else. I might be diverted. I might be slowed down. There might be some delays. That's about it. But if you've got something in mind, you've got to do, whether it's difficult, easy, whether it's really, really, um, you know, challenging. And if you see all these walls and fires against you, you just keep going. Love that, mashallah. Karima, you've shared with us so much gold on this podcast today. You've shared with us so many, you know, nuggets and gems of knowledge uh, that you dropped throughout. And I think this is one of those episodes where I will have to recommend our listeners to maybe play it a few more times, maybe take some notes, take out your notepads, guys, because there was a lot that was shared here. And not to be completely honest with you guys, there was a lot of lessons here that if you can implement in your journey of entrepreneurship, you will have a much easier time and a, and a higher chance of success, inshallah. So thank you for listening to this. And you know, thank you for being here, Fahima, and sharing all this with us. How can people connect with you, support you? Where do you want people to go? How can they work with you? Share with us something that could benefit our listeners today. My website is www.coachfm.com or I'm on Instagram, um, Fahima underscore FM. I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn. So yeah, you can find me on live TV every Thursday night on British Wisdom TV, 9.30 p.m. UK time, um, addressing relationship issues and um, many other platforms. You can Google my name as well. <laughs> to be honest, you'll find something on there. <laughs> so right. inshallah. Uh, no, thank you very much uh, for inviting me. It's been an absolute um, pleasure to be here. And the honor was and the pleasure was completely ours. And uh, guys, we're going to drop the links in the episode notes. So if you're listening to this or if you're even watching this live, go look in the comments. There's going to be a links there. Or if you're listening on an audio platform like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, check in the episode notes, www.coachfm.com or search Fahima, F-A-H-I-M-A. -A. Mohammed, you write it M-A-H-O-M-E-D. So Search it in that way with that 
without without spelling, and you'll be able to find her profiles, inshallah. Uh, Faima, thank you so much for joining us today. It was an honor. Jazakallah khair. Alaikum salam. Thank you so much. And guys, uh, you know the drill, all right? So I'm not going to say it twice. I'm not going to say it once. I'm actually just going to say it once. And this is the following, guys. If you enjoy this episode, if you enjoy this podcast, leave us a rating, a review on your favorite audio platform, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, wherever you listen, go and give us a rating and review, inshallah. That helps us grow our listenership, grow our audience on these platforms. And of course, if you're looking for help with your business, you can always go to umarpreneur.com, go on our website, look at what we have to offer. Or if you want to book a call, it's umarpreneur.com slash call. And we'll speak to you to understand where your business goals are and how we can help, inshallah. Until then, we'll see you next week for another episode. Take care, guys. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And we're out.